We're talking best on best and what Connor McDavid thinks. We're also talking NCAA Frozen Four and the potential chaos we could see in the Frozen Four. We know half of it. Uh, we'll find out uh, after this recording who uh, the other two participants are going to be. And uh, later on, we'll have a broader breakdown of it uh, on the program. We'll also have a couple of notable injuries. We have a jersey deal to report between NHL and a manufacturer that uh, fans have uh, an axe to grind with, so to speak. So hopefully that pans out well. And then finally, we'll talk about wildcard matchups. Episode 358 of the Lace Mup Podcast starts right now. Here's Brett and Steve. And welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Steve Ellsworth. I'm Brett Dubuff. We're talking best on best, Brett, to start things off. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's interesting because uh, Connor McDavid, he's not really, or so far in his young career, he hasn't been known to like be like a like saying polarizing opinions. Basically, um, you know, he's kind of gone oh, the same route as uh, Sidney Crosby. Although I think Sidney Crosby also made a similar type of remark recently too, but kind of uh, a guy that speaks up when it matters. Yep. Um, and um, in case you haven't followed baseball, um, they recently had this World Baseball Classic, um, and especially there was this championship where Shohei Otani, who is the best baseball player, he can he can both like he hit like thirty home runs or forty home runs last year. And he can also strike you out, too, as a pitcher, too. So he's he's incredible. And then, of course, you have Mike Trout, um, uh, who is also incredible. He's a generational talent, too. They're both on the same team. Somehow the Angels aren't in, haven't made the playoffs yet, even with like these two generational talents. It's kind of crazy, but this was the first time that they played each other in a championship game against each other. Probably the biggest uh, game since yeah. they were MLB pros that they've played in to date. Yeah, exactly. And um, and to be honest, I've, my interest in baseball has dwindled over the years. Um, Same. But uh, but I I do have to admit that like even when there was like a Bruins game on, the Final Four was going or the you know the basketball tournament was going on, I was like tuned in on watching this this game, um, and it was a it was a great moment. Um, so bringing it back to hockey, um, so I guess reporters were asking different players and particularly Connor McDavid on what he thought about the World Baseball Classic. Um, and McDavid said, it's what we've been asking for in hockey for a long time. Best on best. Everyone's talking about baseball. Did you see Otani versus Trout? That's what hockey's been missing for almost a decade. So um, Connor McDavid hasn't played in the Olympics so far. Um, he was on Team North America, uh, that World Cup um, thing where it was like uh, a team of um, North American Canadians and Americans who uh, uh, were under 23 years old. Um, you know, looking back, that might be like the craziest team to be a part of. Like, we'll probably look around and it's like, that's probably like 20 future Hall of Famers on there because you had McDavid, Matthews, Eichel, yep. uh, Makar, I think, was on that team. Hellebuck, I think, Hellebuck, was on that team as yeah, well. Gibson. Um, yeah, there was a few other guys who are like, oh, like, <laughs> like this is like the best team ever. Um, What's well, crazy yeah. is that is that was 2016, the last yeah. time Shohei Itani closed out a game. Yeah. So that's what, uh, seven years ago? Yeah, something like that. So um, even then you're getting close yeah. to 10 years at that point. I mean, you could you could make a case for the fact that there is like, you know, the, the pandemic uh, affected three of those years at the very least. Um, so uh, there is something to that. Also this Russia-Ukraine stuff. Um, yeah. And, um, but... I, I don't know. I feel like this is because I think Crosby mentioned something along these lines. Brad Marchand made a mention to this when uh, back when it was in uh, Sochi. Um, but um, yeah, I feel like um, like I, I, I am just curious now that like this is Connor McDavid. Like this is the 
Like, this is the best player we've ever seen. Like, even better than Sidney Crosby. I know he hasn't won anything in the playoffs so far yet. Um, but uh, but this is, like, the greatest player we've ever seen in the post-lockout era. So when Conor McDavid says something like this, even though it's, like, it shouldn't be controversial, it's, like, this, like, I feel like I am curious now that, like, okay, now that Conor McDavid has said something about this, other players might feel more free to say something as well. Not to mention, I'm sure Gary Bettman's going to be asked. We also didn't talk about this, but um, there's a new NHLPA head. Um, it's uh, it's actually my former Boston mayor here um, in Marty Walsh. Uh, Marty Walsh. I have to say that in a Boston <laughs> accent here. Um, You're obligated to do that. Yeah, contractually he, obligated. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And um, he's a... So, like, I think he's going to be officially announced next month or something, or there's, like, a bigger meeting involved. Yeah. So I am curious what the what Marty Walsh is going to say now, um, like, with in, in regards to, like, getting the players to the Olympics. Like, this isn't nothing new. Like, it's not surprising that Conor McDavid feels this way. Like, um, who, who else wants to represent their country, obviously? Um, but it's... Uh, but I am curious on like, okay, is there going to be a move forward into this direction where we will see players play? Um, and maybe not like, I, I would accept a World Cup of hockey, um, but I, I think the looming issue now is is not just like um, the money reasons, and that was the reason why Gary Bettman didn't... Um, didn't allow the players to go in the last two Olympics. But uh, there's also this Russia-Ukraine thing. Um, and, you know, if Russia is not involved in the Olympics, it's like, is it really best on best? Uh, you don't have Kucherov, you don't have Kaprizov, you don't have Ovechkin um, or Sorokin and Shosturkin um, and a bunch of other Russian guys <laughs> I'm forgetting about. It's like then it feels a little less hollow when one of the best countries, uh, talent-wise, is not on there. And I, I totally understand why <laughs> we, Russia won't be able to play unless this Ukraine thing situation can get figured out, but it seems like it's it's going to be a while before that happens. Anyway, yeah. what are yeah. your thoughts? I mean, just looking at David Pasternak scoring his 50th of the year, like yeah. uh, Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, like who had like a 15-shot performance the other night against Carolina. Mm -hmm. You've got all these generational players that really haven't played in a big stage game for most of their careers. And like the Olympics would probably be the creme de la creme of big games for them. Uh, also, if you hear stuff going on in the background, that's a live newsroom. Nothing much I can control about it. Um, so uh, yep. enjoy the background audio, I guess, over over my volume. If if uh, if you can help it, uh, great. If not, whatever. Um, anyways, um, but yeah, this whole thing of like, you know, we were robbed, or not our generation, but the generation before us was robbed of Wayne Gretzky versus Dominic Hasek. Remember right. that Canada Czech Republic semifinal shootout all the marbles, everything on the line. And Wayne Gretzky was left on the bench. You want the best on best in those do or die situations. And that Shoei Atani versus Mike Trout matchup, that's something you dream about and you figure, yeah, but that'll never happen in real life. And that actually yeah. does. And it's everything you want it to be. Shohei throwing those come and get it fastballs, just daring Mike Trout to hit one uh, into center field almost or out of the park. And he wins the battle with one of the nastiest sliders you'll ever see him on cork. And that's just two guys, best of their craft, going at it, full count, everything on the line. And that's something like, you know, what would be the equivalent of that? Connor McDavid versus Andre Vasilevsky, overtime, penalty shot. If McDavid scores, like the Oilers win the Stanley Cup, I don't know, something along those lines. Right. That's probably the closest thing to a big moment that I can think of where you have two of the best players at the craft with everything on the line and nothing separating them between the puck and the net. Um, and, and that's something the best on best tournament can offer. If you're accepting the best on best to go at it in the playoffs, in a playoff scenario, um, then why not the World Cup of Hockey? Why not the Olympics? And obviously there are other external factors, but I think what McDavid is doing is he's using this example to push it forward with the new NHLPA head in place, 
um, as the NHL starts going into the offseason, he's planting the seed for an offseason chat. Like, hey, let's talk. Yep. Just look at this best on best thing. See how it's good for the game. Let's talk about it. And I think that's mostly what McDavid is trying to do. He's trying to plant that seed to have a broader discussion about it later. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think so. I think, um, well, I, I mentioned Brad Marchand. He did mention something when the Olymp- the last Winter Olympics happened. Um, I, d- I thought I remember Sidney Crosby mentioned something about it, um, but I might be thinking of something else um, during this year's All-Star game. But... Um, but yeah, I, I think this like just the fact that this, like Connor McDavid's now the face of the NHL, um, that that means something. Um, so mm-hmm. I am I I am pretty sure that's going to to do like something um, in the grand scheme of things, or like make some waves somehow. Um, I'm not sure what, but I'm sure uh, there will be a response to it in in due time. It's also crazy that back-to-back seasons, like it's, it seemed like forever since we had our last six-goal season, and back-to-back seasons we've been blessed with one player who's hit that mark. Last year, yeah. Matthews. This year, McDavid. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, yeah, it was funny how you mentioned Pasternak got his 50th goal. And I was like, oh, they're playing right now. And he, yeah. he just literally got his 50th goal. Yeah, they're right playing now. the Whalers. Yeah, uh, basically. The Hurricanes dressed as the Whalers, I should yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's weird. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't remember when the Hartford Whalers were a team, but it was just it's just like yeah. Yeah, I, my like, my whole thing is just like man, this is probably Hartford's worst day of the oh, year. Yeah. Where it's just like we're not sure to be happy or seething, hopping mad. Yeah, but UConn made the final four, so they yeah, they, that's know, true. They have that. Wrong they have that. that. Um. Okay, so um, in other news, we have, um, I guess this is also related to Gary Bettman. Uh, the NHL uh, has, they, uh, or Adidas has dropped the NHL um, in terms of uniforms um, and partnering with the NHL to make the, the uniforms. Um, and uh, the NHL signed a 10-year deal with Fanatics. Um, this is a... Uh, I, I'm not really so much a Jersey guy. I think you're more of a Jersey guy than I am. Um, but this is a huge blow to um, merchandise because there's been, um, when I was, when this happened, I was looking on Twitter um, and like pretty much everyone had a bad experience with Fanatics, at least one. Um, there's like, uh, there's recordings of like the colors not being right on the jerseys typos on the jerseys that they shouldn't have just really bad quality um and uh and like also just terrible customer support um in in terms of returning and things like that um this is very reminiscent of when the nhl made a deal with versus or the oln network at the time um where it was like a long-term contract and then eventually it turned into NBC, but um, but it was a disaster to begin with. It's like, like I, I guess it's like, you know, um, it's whatever. Hopefully they, they make a corner and make some good stuff. But um, my it, it's kind of tough to really uh, trust that the NHL is making the right decision because like, this is the NHL we're talking about. They they always make these blunders, like what I was mentioning with OLN and versus. So it's like, it is a little strange. It's like, are you telling me that like I can understand Adidas not wanting to be a partner or whatever, but like, are you saying that like Nike wasn't willing or um, another like brand <laughs> wasn't willing and not like Fanatics? And it does it have to be a ten year deal? Um, that, that part also, uh, feels insane to me as well. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what, what, what's happens here, but, um, I'm not too optimistic that this was a good, good deal. I don't know what happened during those meetings or what offers were on the table. Um, but, uh, to, to add more context before the start of the season, Adidas said at the end of our contract following next year 2023 2024 season we're out yeah. we're pulling out of our deal we're not resigning 
And so that's given the NHL at least a two-year buffer to figure out, okay, what the heck is their plan? So now Fanatics has a year and a half to figure out how the heck they're going to please the NHL. And all of the stuff that you've heard, the horror stories, I think there was uh, there was like logos peeling off, like after a couple of washes for like a Toronto Maple Leafs t-shirt. There was also um, in a, a New York Rangers design, but for whatever reason, it said Islanders instead uh, of Rangers. That's funny. Which which I found pretty funny. I'd buy that just uh, for the memes. Yeah. Um, but if you're a fan, you know, buying that jersey, obviously you of feel course. ripped off. Um, that that obviously can't happen with the NHL. Like Fanatics has got to grow up or shut up at this point. They they can't afford to be pulling that. And I think what the NHL is looking for was they're wanting someone to have the bold vision of Adidas. And there's a YouTube channel called Aesthetics who delves into like Jersey history and the impact of Adidas uh, as well. Um, I can't remember if it was a couple of months ago that they put this video out, but I recommend you check it out. And they were rhyming through, you know, potential Jersey suitors that could put in bids for the NHL. And the one thing that Adidas is known for is soccer. The one thing that Nike is also known for is soccer, but also basketball. Hockey was never really, in my opinion, the number one choice for those companies to invest their time in. And uh, with Reebok, I believe it was the same way. They eventually pulled their stock out of hockey when their jersey deal expired. That's why you don't see Reebok goalie pads or any form of Reebok equipment anymore. And I think the NHL is sick and tired of that. It's just like, okay, we want to make a long-term commitment for someone who we know is going to stick around for the long-term and is going to be fully invested into us and us alone. And that's probably where they figured, hey, Fanatics might be a good choice. They partnered with us um, on various fronts for a little bit. Why not give them a shot? You also look at a jersey manufacturer in CCM who once upon a time manufactured NHL jerseys. It wasn't for all you know, 30 teams or whatever the amount of teams was at the time, but they did manufacture jerseys for a handful of teams. They manufacture jerseys nowadays for all CHL teams, so OHL, WHL, QMJHL, and also for the AHL teams, they help out as well. But I don't think they're as bold as Adidas was and what they think Fanatics can be. So now the trick is for Fanatics to actually make a jersey product in terms of fan memorabilia and in terms of on-ice product uh, that are durable and that work, that are appealing to the eye. Adidas, it took them a bit, but they figured it out. And, you know, the reverse retros, that was their thing, and they did a very good job of that, in my opinion. Um, they've set the bar pretty high for Fanatics to deliver. I just hope it wasn't a case of man, we don't have a lot of offers on the table and the ones that we do have are not very good. So let's just plug our nose and just vote for the one that we think might work out. I hope it's actually a case of, hey, Fanax really wants to do this. We like what they do. We have faith in their product. Let's do it. Uh, as opposed to, well, I guess we got to sell for Plan X or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I, because I know the hockey guy, um, is a big Jersey person at every video yep. that he has. Um, oh, by the way, if you're not watching the hockey guy um, and you love hockey, you should. Um, he's on YouTube. He's great. Um, yeah. He makes like two to three quality videos about hockey pretty much every day. It's amazing. Yeah, the amount of times we back and forth, yeah. hey, maybe we could tackle a certain yeah. angle of this video. Of course. It's, it's yeah. crazy. Like, he really thinks outside the box with a lot of yeah, his yeah. video ideas and talks about the uh, water cooler topics or even the topics that uh, the experts don't really yeah. talk about too, too often. He's a very broad thinker in that aspect and uh, definitely a good guy on Hockey Insight to follow for sure. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, my point is, is that in every video, he wears jerseys and a cap. Um, and when he was talking about this uh, deal that happened, he was very disappointed. So I'm not so much of a hockey jerseys guy, but if you're disappointing... Uh, Shannon, that's his name. Um, yep. You're you're doing something wrong. So that's that's all I care about is the hockey guy needs to be happy, and this is not making him happy. So uh, make him happy, uh, Fanatic somehow. Um, that's all I care about. Um, also, uh, well, uh, Jesse Blake of the Jesse Blake Sports Report and the Steve Dangle podcast mentioned 
that uh, in his breakdown of the Fanatics uh, deal with the NHL, that um, the alternate jerseys, there's not going to be as many of them once the Fanatic deal kicks in right away. It might take a few years. So if you're wanting creative jersey ideas, uh, well, you, you're... Uh, you might be getting uh, some gray hairs before you see that happen. Yeah. Just warning you now. That's unfortunate, but I guess yeah. whatever. Um, as long as they make good jerseys, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I still have my reverse retro of the Bruins, Pooh Bear yeah. with the white. So I'm, I'm at least I'm satisfied for that. Um, uh, we have two injuries to cover before we get into our main topic now. Oh, I forgot the Frozen Four. Um, so uh, we did promise that we would mention the Frozen Four and the teams that are in it. Um, but however, there is one that's going on right now and there's gonna be another one that's going on in a few hours. So we don't have two teams yet, but we do know from yesterday that Boston University, they beat Cornell um, and they're in the Frozen Four and then Minnesota is in the Frozen Four as well. Um, the teams that we're waiting on right now are Ohio State and Quinnipiac and Penn State and Michigan, which is gonna be exciting. Um, I, what, what is kind of interesting and cool, well, first off, congratulations to BU. They're, they're a good team now. Um, they, they kind of went through a stretch where they weren't so good, but, uh, but it is good that they are making some noise. I see here that Quinnipiac is up two to one against Ohio State, so we'll see. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's interesting that like because Minnesota's in the Big Ten, Penn State, Michigan, um, and Ohio State are also all in the Big Ten. Um, there was like you know there was like a ten year period where the Big Ten wasn't really that good. It was pretty much just Minnesota and sort of Michigan, but, um, it's nice to see that like a big 10, like the big 10 conference is doing really well or focusing in on college hockey. Cause usually they just focus in on basketball and football, which makes sense. Cause you know, that's their the money where that's where the money is in college sports. But, um, it's nice to see that. Like, I mean, I guess it makes sense that they're of the schools, um, the traditional like power five conferences um it makes sense that the, the conference that um that should have a better hockey brand out there is the big 10 um and um like there's not really a ton of like hockey is all they care about here in the northeast uh there's not really good football or basketball in um in the northeast anyways but uh, but there, there are a lot of schools that are good in the, um, in college hockey for for that. Um, but like the Big Ten, it, it makes sense because it's like, it's basically the the Midwest, but like the upper Midwest. So your Michigan's, your Pennsylvania's, your um, Minnesotas, and and Michigan's. Um, so so it's just nice to see that like oh the Big Ten is is doing well in college hockey. Um, of course, like we knew this when like you know the last couple of years with Michigan having like a powerhouse team um and all that but Ohio State has some good players on it now um and then you have like Penn State's also I guess doing well even though I'm looking here they um they were uh they went 22 and 15 and they were tied for fifth in their own conference um so um so that's that's kind of uh, interesting, but um, and there's seven teams in that conference, um, but uh, but yeah, it's 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 just cool that like oh like it's just good for college hockey because it used to be like BU, BC, Minnesota, and Minnesota Duluth; those were the top teams, and yeah. now uh, just more teams are are putting in money or you know recruit scouting better and coaching better and um it can only make the the whole league a better product in general so well denver was the yeah. number four seed and they've been yeah. good for a while they've won some yeah, national Denver's titles and they too. got shut out by cornell and yeah. they were out round one this year yeah yeah so um and also like you know just the quality of play because of course like jack eichel back in the day um he was on here maddie Beniers, owen power they're both like 
proving that they're good players. They came in the college route, Kyle Connor, Johnny Gaudreau. Um, I could go on and on. Even like the goalies, like Jeremy Swayman, Connor Hellebuck, Jake Ottinger. Yeah. Um, there. So it's like just the like just the fact that there are legit elite players in the NHL right now who are making a name of themselves um, from a college aspect. Adam Fox is another one. Um, it's like it makes it makes it more um, like there are more players who are like, oh, okay, I can follow the Charlie McAvoy route and just play in college for like two years and prove that I'm good because the quality of play is equivalent to that of the CHL. So it's, it's just nice to see that. Um, as for who I think is going to win the whole thing, um, I mean, I guess it's, it's tough to say any other team besides Michigan, but I feel like we've been burned before with Michigan um, in the past because it's like just because you have a lot of top NHL prospects, that doesn't mean that you're a good team. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be rooting for BU, of course. I always root for the, the Massachusetts school. Um, but I would not be shocked if BU loses um, uh, pretty soon. So we'll see. The matchup that I want is Ohio State-Michigan in yep. the Final Four. Yep. J because, like, when it comes to football, Michigan-Ohio State is a classic rivalry. Both schools hate each other's guts, can't stand each other. And for Michigan just to be, hey, we're in the Final Four. Who yep. do we got? Oh, no. They're good at hockey now? Great. Right, All right. right. Well, that yeah. sucks. And then Minnesota-Boston University, the winner of that, is going to make for one heck of a yep. final. So you got a Final Four matchup for the ages if you get Ohio State-Michigan in there. Yep. As good as Queen of Piac is, I want Ohio State and Michigan to win so they can square off in the Final Four yep. in front of a national audience. That You talk about a moneymaker, that's a moneymaker right there. Uh, you probably, I mean, I told you this last week, but I will uh, tell you because Ohio State should actually be our best, like should be the our the lace them up school. Uh, do you because uh, two of their best players are a uh, one's a Senators prospect and one's a Bruins prospect. So who's this now? Sorry, uh, the Senators. Uh, Ohio State has a a good Senators prospect in Stephen Halliday. Um, oh, okay. He has 41 points in 39 games. He's their top point getter. He's a freshman. And then uh, Mason Larai is also on the Ohio State, who's their best defenseman. Um, it also looks like Jake Wise, who I believe is a Chicago... Yeah, he's the Chicago Blackhawks pick. Um, he's also... Oh, okay. He transferred over to Ohio State. Um, and I guess this is his fifth year. Um, in the NHL or in the college, but um, mm. he's also doing well. But um, but yeah, those are the those are like the um, Ohio State should be our school, Steve, because uh, it's bo it's both of our players. <laughs> we'll see how the Final Four plays out, but I'm open to it. I'm open to the idea. Yeah, although it looks like right now it's two one Quinnipiac, um, and there's one more period left to go, so. Yeah, odds time running out there. Yeah, we'll odds aren't great that um, Ohio State will catch up, but we'll see. You never know. Um, yeah. I'm sure we'll find out by the end of this episode of what, what's happening. I'll, I'll try to update um, during this, this time. Um, cool. In terms of injuries, uh, I guess, like, these two injuries are... Sorry, Steve, because one of them is an uh, Ottawa senator, but... Um, they're not, like, in the grand scheme of things, they're probably not great, but um, it's, uh, or, like, they're super relevant, but I thought I would mention them because they're big stars. Um, Patrick Laine, he suffered a tricep strain at practice on Thursday, um, and he's expected to miss two to four weeks. Um, there are three weeks left in the season. Columbus is not making the playoffs at all. Um, so I would imagine he is done for the year. Um, they're also in the hunt for Bedard, so yeah. they're probably wise not to blame. Yeah. What, what's sad about this, though, is that Lightning was actually doing pretty well um, before he got injured. He had, uh, he had five assists and one goal in his last three games. 
Um, he also had a sure. two assist game and a couple of uh, days even before that started happening. So um, he was just getting going, and then of course he gets injured. I feel like uh, Patrick Line just always gets injured. Um, it's it's a it's un it's frustrating as a fantasy hockey owner of his. Um, but of course, when he's on, you you love him. Um, and then the other one that I'm going to talk about is Chikrin. He's out indefinitely, um, but he's expected to miss a couple of weeks due to a lower body injury. Um, I guess Ottawa could end up making the playoffs, um, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, but it, obviously, this like the reason why you get Chikrin is. I mean, yeah, he, he does have some term left on his contract, but the reason why you get Chikrin is in hopes that you can make, like, p- get a playoff push now, and it seems like um, he might not be 100% um, healthy when you do have him. Um, he also is someone who gets injured in his young career as well, so I am curious to see if he will continue, like, if that's going to be a continuation when he goes into Ottawa next year. Um, but yeah, obviously this is not something that you want to see, um, in his, in his new stint in Ottawa, but, um, but yeah, I guess Ottawa could end up making the playoffs and if they do, then you get Chikrin in the playoffs, but, uh, that seems unlikely at the moment. Yeah. They also, uh, are, have lost really Greg for the rest yep. of the year and he's barely yep. really played any NHL hockey. Uh, they're, oh. Uh, top prospect from a previous draft, Tyler Boucher. He's not playing OHL hockey, shut down for the year. Um, so he won't be a part of the 67th playoff run either. They also don't have either of their starting goaltenders. And uh, Josh Norris for the bounce of the season. It's also been MIA because of injuries. So uh, nothing Ottawa isn't used to. But, I mean, as long as they're putting up a fight with the guys that they have, because um, they do have a very tough schedule to end the year, if they're competitive in their games and they're keeping them close and mm-hmm. they're giving teams run for their money and, and you know, hopefully uh, more than 50% of the time they're getting points and the results that they're getting, uh, I'll take whatever progress they can get. But, um, yeah, as we'll talk about later, yep. playoffs this year is probably out of the question. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a lot. And not having Chikrin makes it worse. Yeah, I mean, you did mention that when they did get Chikrin that, like, you know, you are okay if they miss the playoffs this year. Yeah. Um, so, and, and I, I understood that um, understanding, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it is unfortunate, of course, but we'll that, see. That Chikrin injury, by the way, I don't know if it was caused because of uh, his uh, collision with Hedman, which kind of looked like a slew foot. Yeah, they don't really uh, Which uh, Hedman was pretty adamant wasn't, but, I mean, if you look at the replay, it might be a slew foot. So yeah. Edmund, Edmund might have gotten away with that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. Um, I kind of, um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. It is interesting, though, because, like, Chikrin also has never played a full season uh, back when he was in Arizona. Um, so I am curious to see if this is going to be a trend for his career as well, if, like, uh, will he ever get a full season in his career? That I don't know. So, um, of course, you take it um, if you're if you're Ottawa because it's like when he is playing, he's he's a great player. But um, of course, he if he gets injured for half the year, then that's that's a little unfortunate. Yeah, Artem Zub not being there for yep. a consistent chunk of the year too. Like he seemed like he played five or seven games and then he would be banged up and miss a couple and then watch rooms repeat. So uh, same goes for Zub too. Like a very effective player when he's on the ice, but obviously you have to be healthy and on the ice for that. Sure, sure. Um, Okay, Uh, so we now uh, are doing the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference playoff races and just doing an update on that. Um, I feel like we always start on the Eastern Conference um, I kind of want to start with the Western Conference. Yeah, um, there's a lot more intrigue, so that, might as well. Is that okay? Okay. Yeah. yeah let's do We're going to do that. Um, okay. Because, like, in the Eastern Conference, there's, like, the the top three teams in each division are basically in. And then um, there's, like, it's just really a fight for the, the wild card. 
But I feel like, I don't know if we have any fans of Western Conference teams, but um, I'm sure they're sick of us always talking about the Eastern Conference first. So let's, let's start with the Western Conference. Um, so right now, um, by the way, this is recorded on Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern. So um, there are probably some updates right now, but I know Colorado is um, going to overtime with Arizona, believe it or not. Which is funny because they were up yeah. by two after two, yeah, and yeah. now they're tied at three. Actually, it says they're in a shootout, which oh, wow. it'd be funny if Arizona won that. So so you have to like keep this in mind that when you're listening to this, it's not updated just yet. But um, but it's uh, right now uh, in the Central, you have Minnesota, Dallas, and Colorado. Um, Minnesota has 93. Dallas has 92. Colorado has 90. Um, and then in the Pacific, you have Vegas, L.A., and Edmonton. Um, Vegas has 98 points. Uh, L.A. has 94, and Edmonton has 91. And then you have the two wildcard spots, uh, Seattle. I guess they've kind of slipped now because they used to be the third spot in the Pacific, but that stopped after a while. They have 88 points. Um, and then you have like a three-way race for the last wild card spot. You have the Winnipeg Jets. They have they're currently in that second wild card spot with 85 points, um, and I guess five points behind Colorado. But then uh, there are Calgary, who has 81 points, and surprise, like surprise, surprise, like drum roll, please here. Uh, Nashville Predators have 80 points and they're five points behind Winnipeg. Um, I guess they also have uh, they also have uh, three games in hand yeah. on Winnipeg and Calgary and two on Seattle yeah. as well. The reason why this is a surprise is because uh, during the deadline, David Poyle mentioned that they're going to be sellers at the deadline. They yeah. traded Ekholm to Edmonton. Uh, they got Tyson Berry, who's not bad, of course, but um, it's just crazy that it's like. Oh, I thought they were going to go the way of St. Louis and just give up on the year, basically. But it looks like <laughs> somehow I have 80 points this year. Yeah, um, and Tanner Janot yeah. and Mikhail Grayland also yeah. moved out, too. Right, right, right. Those, those as well. I mean, I will say that, like, uh, Cody Glass and uh, Philip Tomasino um, are finally picking it up, it feels like. And there's also... Um, there was another player who's been good for Nashville as well, but um, I know Luke Evangelista has been yeah, like one of those young stars yep. to, to watch out for as well. Yeah, that's another one. That's a good call. Um, but uh, so like they have been slowly getting there, but it is it is funny because it's like oh wait I thought they were they were rebuilding or they're they're trying to be a top um, you know a, a top lottery team, but they they weren't doing uh, obviously they're not doing that. Um, but, um, anyways, um, it's, uh, it's interesting. And I guess we should mention that, uh, Seattle has 88 points. Edmonton has 91 points. So there's a three point difference there. Um, I guess it's possible that Winnipeg could catch Colorado. Um, Colorado has 90 points and Winnipeg has 85 points. So that's a five point difference. Um, but Colorado has 71 games, Winnipeg has 74 games, um, and it looks like Colorado's at least going to pick up a point um, in this game that we're, we're seeing now. So, um, so we'll, we'll see. But, um, but yeah, it's it's interesting that I feel like it's it's just a battle between Calgary and Winnipeg. Um, I feel like, and I guess our question here is now, is like, okay, who are going to be those wild card teams? Um, and is there going to be any movement? Um, um, otherwise, I feel like Seattle could catch up to Edmonton um, because the thing with Edmonton all year is that their goaltending has been shaky, whether it's Campbell or Skinner. Um, but, but it seems like it's... Um, and I, I guess Seattle's goaltending hasn't been that much better either, um, but they're a good team too. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I feel like Seattle could catch up to Edmonton, um, but 
Um, in terms of like the Winnipeg, Calgary, and Nashville battle, uh, I feel like Winnipeg will figure it out and they'll be the last team in this um, in the wild card spot. Um, I also could see because they're like the three teams in Minnesota, Dallas, and Colorado are pretty close together. I could see Dallas or Colorado usurping Minnesota, um, where one of those teams is the number one, like wins the division, um, and then, um, and then you know. But I, I'm pretty sure those are going to be the three teams there. I know I'm all over the place here, but I, I think this is how it will look. But there might be some slight, um, um, moving moving uh, from like. Dallas just moving to the first spot or something like that. Honestly, for uh, Dallas or Minnesota, do whatever you can to not face Colorado yeah. off rip in the first round. That's so if that means winning the division title, fine. Yep. If that means Colorado gets first and you duke it out with each other, fine. Yep. But avoid Colorado at all costs because they're, they're starting to get healthy and they're catching fire. I mean, I don't know if there's because they're eventually they're going to be playing them in if they both make it out of the second, the first round. But yes, Colorado I, also has two games in hand on both that. Minnesota and Dallas as yeah. well. So you also yeah. want to suspend that when you can. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the wild card teams, um, I think Seattle is fine. Um, I, I can see uh, with, um, with McDavid and Drysdale at full strength, that they can, I think for the most part, they can outscore their defensive problems uh, because those are probably going to linger all the way into round one, uh, which uh, I would assume will be stopped at some point because uh, they're going up against uh, probably an LA team that uh, don't look now, but they're plus 21 in goal differential. Uh, and it was a matter of about a month or so ago where they're in the negative in that department. So they've kind of stabilized their defense and they're also very good on home ice and better than Edmonton record wise in that department. So um, the Kings are getting hot at the right time in terms of um, the final wild card spot. It's going to come down to Winnipeg and Calgary for me. I guess you could say Nashville as well, because they do have three games in hand on both Winnipeg and Calgary. Mm. Um, here is Nashville's schedule to close out the year. Uh, in about an, uh, let's see, 15 minutes time at the time of this recording, they're uh, hosting the Maple Leafs. And yesterday they got throttled 7-2 to at home against Seattle. Uh, so that's not ideal. Uh, Roman Yossi is also injured. That doesn't help their cause. The longer he's out, the longer that hurts the Preds. And then after today's game against toronto they visit boston on tuesday visit pittsburgh on thursday uh fighting for their playoff lives for a wild card spot themselves um the blues might not be able to keep the puck out of the net very well but they still have a pretty good offense so they'll get them april 1st at home then they're in dallas monday the third of april uh then they host vegas the night after then they host Carolina on Thursday, April 6th. They're in Winnipeg Saturday, April the 8th. April the 10th, they're in Calgary. Uh, then their final two home games are against Minnesota, April 13th, and against Colorado, April 14th. So I've been talking about with my buddies how bad Ottawa's schedule is. Nashville has it just as bad, yeah. and they have games in hand on Winnipeg and Calgary. So... I don't see how they are able to gain enough ground to make it count because you look at the Jets, the Jets get San Jose twice. They also get Detroit. Uh, and while they do have games against Minnesota, Colorado, uh, the aforementioned Nashville Predators uh, and the Calgary Flames and the Devils, uh, those two games against the Sharks and that game against Detroit, they're pretty winnable contests. And even though they have... Uh, had problems with uh, commitment from their core veterans as of late, according to Rick Bonus, uh, their coach. I still think Winnipeg has gained enough of an edge on Nashville, and their schedule is definitely more favorable. Where by the skin of their teeth, they get in as the second wild card, but I don't think they relinquish that. And the reason why I say they don't relinquish that is because Calgary has had no good, very bad luck. And, and this stat from a recent Sportsnet telecast 
absolutely baffles me. Games decided by one goal, 42 most in the NHL this season. Losses in one goal games, 27 most in the NHL this season. Overtime shootout losses, 15 this season, most in the NHL. Posts hit this season, 77, you guessed it, most in the NHL. Third period comeback wins, zero fewest to the NHL. And losses when out shooting opponents by 10 plus shots, 21 most all time. Yeah. I don't know if they're cursed. I don't know if Daryl Sutter's gotten into their heads so hard that they can't get him out of there and they're just stopped playing for their coach. But for whatever reason, when they need a goal, they can't get it. And I doubt that changes. Yeah, I mean, that goes back to that Calgary-Boston game where Olmark was a brick wall. Like, he's, yeah, it's been all season, but particularly yeah. in that game. And Markstrom and so, yeah, Vladar haven't really been good enough in terms of goaltending. But just yeah. uh, as a whole, as a team, for yeah. whatever reason, they don't look as united as they did in previous years. And that's ultimately going to be their downfall. And yeah. uh, if, if I'm the owner of the Calgary Flames, I don't care how much I like Daryl Sutter, get him out of there. Yeah. Because if he's there long enough, you're going to have guys wanting out, and that's going to further pollute things. And, you know, with guys like Elias Lindholm and Tyler Toffoli nearing the end of their deals, arguably some of Calgary's best players uh, beyond, obviously, guys yeah. like Jonathan Huberto, um, you can't have that. You yeah. can't risk losing those guys um, and wanting out of Calgary. Uh, yeah. That's going to be a bad look for the team. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's interesting. I guess it's the Jack Adams curse uh, yep, again. Exactly. I mean, it strikes again. Yeah, it does strike again. Um, it's uh, it's interesting too because I know that Alan Walsh, who's Jonathan Huberto's uh, agent, uh, yep. he mentioned that like Sutter needs to be gone too. So um, I'm sure. Well, didn't mention it, but yeah. certainly alluded to it in a vague tweet. Basically, uh, yeah. I, I thought he called him out. I think he, I think he did call him out. But yeah, without directly calling him out, I think he called out Daryl Sutter. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, um, I'm looking here on Money Puck. It's interesting. I was just looking at the ESPN hockey standings, um, and it was like interesting because they they're showing teams that have clinched a playoff spot, but they also show teams that have officially been eliminated. And for some reason, they didn't eliminate Montreal, even though. They have less points than Arizona, and Arizona they have as officially eliminated. So I'm like, what's going on here? That makes no sense. So I'm going to Money Puck here to because they're probably going to figure out the, the playoff odds. And, of course, they have Montreal not making the playoffs. Um, they also have uh, Detroit, St. Louis, Vancouver, Philadelphia, Arizona, Montreal, Anaheim, Chicago, Columbus, and San Jose not making the playoffs at all. No Although it should be known the Canucks are getting hot at the worst possible time. Yeah. They're basically screwing themselves out of the dart it's, unintentionally. It's it is funny. They're um, one game below 500. It's yeah, crazy. I know. I know. Uh, but they, anyways, I bring this up because uh, they have Money Puck has Calgary with 16.6% of making the playoffs. Uh, Nashville has 7% of making the playoffs. Winnipeg has 77.7% of making the playoffs. If Seattle making having a ninety nine percent chance of making the playoffs, so yeah. that's definitely possible, I guess. But, um, but yeah, it's 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 addressing that like uh, Calgary. It's pretty much just between Calgary and Winnipeg. Um, I don't know if I could see. It would be really funny if Nashville makes it, but I don't see it. Uh, but anyways, what do you think changes in the playoff spot? Because I did that um, in the Western Conference. Uh, in terms of how it's scheduled now, well, I alluded to it earlier. I think Colorado wins the Central Division. Um, they're Again, they have two games in hand on Minnesota and Dallas. They're getting healthy. They're getting hot at the right time. Um, it, it honestly wouldn't surprise me if they made it. And they also won in a shootout yeah, over Arizona, the outcome everyone saw coming. So they do get that extra point as a matter of fact. So at the moment, uh, the Colorado Avalanche are even closer to first place. They've actually, for the moment, leapfrogged Dallas for yep. second, and they're one back of Minnesota. Um, so uh, taking a look at uh, the Colorado Avalanche's uh, schedule at the moment, because they do have uh, games in hand, as I said, there was obviously that game against Arizona today, 
Uh, they have the they have the Ducks tomorrow. Oh God! So that could be another two points in the bank. Then they uh, host Minnesota and Dallas. Uh, they visit San Jose for uh, two straight games. Oddly enough, so there could be postponements uh, that were made up later dates. Right. But yeah, they have two games uh, in San Jose. Uh, then they're in LA. Then they're in Anaheim again. Then they host Edmonton and Winnipeg before going yep. to Nashville to close out their season. So, like I said, out of the games in hand, they have a couple of easy opponents that they can easily get two full points yep. out of. Um, and for Minnesota and Dallas, that's bad news for them. Uh, but what about your wild card spots? Uh, in terms of the wild card spot, um, I would probably say Seattle keeps uh, the first wild card spot. I don't think they catch up to Edmonton. Um, I think Vegas uh, is going to hang on for the division. I think LA maybe pushes them, but uh, they're going to fall short in that regard, uh, even though the Kings do have a game in hand on the Golden Knights currently. But uh, you didn't mention the second wildcard spot. Oh, the, the second wild card I did mention. Uh, Winnipeg is going to beat out Calgary and Nashville for that. Oh, um, okay. I, right. I think... Uh, maybe I missed I think that. Ca- I think Nashville's schedule is too tough and Calgary's too cursed. Got so. it. I, I think I may have just missed that when you when you said. Yeah, it. I think I alluded to it. Maybe just didn't say it clear enough, but That's I fair. did allude no, no, no. to I, it. I, I think Nashville's row was too difficult. I'll, I'll take the blame for yeah. that miscommunication. <laughs> That's all good. That's all good. It's been good. it's been seven years that we've yeah, done this. Yeah, I, I I thought you were asking. Well, now that we have the wild card out of the yeah. way, what else do you think happens? Uh, but, yeah. I see. Yeah, I mean that's anyway. fair too. But, um, yeah. all right, now we go to the Eastern Conference here. Um, the yeah it's i mean we we alluded to this last week but uh pretty much the top six teams um are pretty much set right now uh that's, yeah bruins have already clinched their yeah. division by the way so uh forget asking who gets first in the atlantic we yeah. already know like i mean yeah like there was any doubt uh <laughs> but uh yeah they um i think they're they're pretty close to getting that tampa bay record too but um then uh, Toronto and Tampa um, are two and three in the Atlantic. Uh, Toronto has 95 points. Tampa has 90 points. Um, and then in the Metro, uh, Carolina and New Jersey both clinched their playoff spot. I, I also alluded to this last week that Carolina, even though they lost Veshnikov, they should make the playoffs, and they did. So they clinched the playoffs. Um, and then the Devils also clinched the playoffs as well. They both have yeah. 100 points. Um, Those are the only three teams to clinch a playoff spot, and all of them have 100 points. So if you have 100 points, you're in the playoffs as of right now. Yeah, and I mean, there's three weeks left, so that kind of checks out. Yeah, no, that that list will grow, for sure. Uh, The Rangers have 96 points. Um, Mm -hmm. I think I mentioned that Carolina has 102, Devils have 100. Yeah. Now this is where it gets kind of interesting here. Uh, The Islanders, um, even though Matt Barzal is injured and out indefinitely uh the islanders have 83 points um in the in the first wild card spot the penguins have 82 points in seven um in 73 games uh the islanders have 74 games um in terms of play uh teams that could catch those guys uh florida has 79 points buffalo has 76 points washington has 76 as well um Although they have two more, they've played two more games than Buffalo. Um, and Ottawa has 75 points. This is where it gets like a little bit dicey because I don't think Detroit's catching Pittsburgh, but I'll mention them anyways. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, they have 71 points, but I'm pretty sure they're, they're about to be eliminated as well. Um, in terms of money puck, in terms of chances, of course, those uh, six teams that I mentioned, they are all, they all have odds, hundred uh, percent odds of making it. Uh, that's Boston, Carolina, New Jersey, Toronto, um, New York, and Tampa. Although it's funny enough that Tampa has 99.9% chance of making the playoffs <laughs> as, as opposed to the other five teams. I don't know what kind of situation they would get where Tampa misses the playoffs somehow, but that would be pretty <laughs> funny. Um, in terms of the other teams, uh, Pittsburgh has an 82.6% chance of making the playoffs. The Islanders have 79.3% chance of making the playoffs. 
Florida has 30.8% chance of making the playoffs. Um, I guess I could read, like, Buffalo has 6%. Um, Ottawa has 0.8%. And Washington has 0.7%. So it seems like Ottawa and Washington are probably not making the playoffs. It's yeah. possible Florida could catch up to Pittsburgh um, or the Islanders, but it seems somewhat unlikely. Um I was rooting for Buffalo uh, to make the playoffs push, but it seems like they just gave out towards the end. Like I think they lost like uh, like eight straight games or something like that. I think it's just like the. I mean, we've been talking about this all year. So yes, they have Tage Thompson, Dylan Cousins finally getting into his own. Deline is finally getting into his own, but they just didn't have enough gas towards the end of the year, um, and particularly their goaltending just wasn't good enough and isn't going to cut it. Um, so I feel like, even though I would like to see Buffalo make the playoffs because it feels like it's been forever since they've made it, um, that it seems like they're not going to do that. Uh, Florida might make the playoffs. I could see them making a push there. Um, I know Pittsburgh, it seems like Pittsburgh and the Islanders are struggling lately. Um, but I, I don't know. I feel like Florida could make the push here. Having said that, if I... As a Bruins fan, of those three teams, I do not want to play Florida of those three teams. So so I hope it doesn't happen, but I think Florida could push its way into the playoffs. I think they would, they'll knock... Uh, I, I think they could knock Pittsburgh out. I was going to say the Islanders, but Sororkin is unbelievable. Um, so... Um, so I think the goaltending will will make it so that they will make the playoff. Um, well, there'll be a wild card spot, but um, but yeah, I, I think Florida will push Pittsburgh out. So I I do think the Islanders are definitely in the driver's seat, but I can see a scenario where they miss the playoffs because uh, they have a lot of quality opponents in the eight games they have left, and like I said, there are teams ahead, uh, behind them with games in hand on them. Uh, so for stars, they host the Devils tomorrow. That's going to be a tough game. Uh, then they're in Washington uh, this Wednesday. Then a back-to-back this weekend in Tampa, in Carolina. And the Carolina game starts 23 hours after the game against Tampa starts. So they don't even get like a full 24 hours in between games there, which is kind of nutty. Uh, then they host Tampa on April the 6th. So they get a couple days off to rest for that. Then they host Philly. Then they're in Washington uh, April the 10th. And then they close out the season hosting Montreal. So they do have a couple of games where they could get some points there. But New Jersey, two games against Washington that, you know, you never know what you could get out of them. That back-to-back against Tampa, Carolina, and then hosting Tampa on April the 6th. Uh, You really lay eggs in those games. And all of a sudden, uh, your playoff chances aren't looking too hot. Uh, so I could see a scenario where the Islanders fall out. In terms of Pittsburgh's schedule, they're in Detroit on uh, Tuesday. Uh, they've barely won uh, and lost games lately. Uh, they've been hot and cold in that re- in, in that respect. Uh, but they're in Detroit uh, on Tuesday. They host uh, Nashville on Thursday. They host Boston on Saturday, and then they host Philly the next day. Um, So they could get points against Philly, but that Boston game is going to be a tough matchup. Then they're in New Jersey. They host Minnesota. Then uh, they're in Detroit again. Then uh, they host Chicago. And then they're in Columbus. So they do have uh, quite a few winnable games in that stretch. Um, But again, Pittsburgh has just given me that cautionary vibe. And I don't know why, but I don't like it. Uh, so even though they do have the advantage in uh, games in hand on the Islanders at the moment, um, you know, if, if they trip and face plant on the ice, uh, <laughs> they could be kind of writing their own death sentence there. In terms of the Panthers, they have uh, games against Ottawa twice. Uh, they uh, also have games against Toronto twice. Uh, they uh, visit Montreal on uh, March the 30th, uh, this coming Thursday. Uh, They're also in Columbus a few days later. They have a game against uh, Buffalo, a game against Washington, and a game against Carolina. So, you know, again, all winnable games, but eh, 
with some of those opponents, I guess you never know. And with Florida's goaltending and offensive, you know, teetering, uh, I guess you never really know which uh, which team is going to show up. And speaking of you don't know which team is going to show up, the Buffalo Sabres all year, basically. Uh, this is how their schedule ends. They are in Montreal. Uh, they're not in Montreal. They host Montreal tomorrow. Then they host the Rangers. They're in Philly uh, on uh April the 1st, so that's a back-to-back hosting New York Rangers and visiting Philly. Uh, Then they have uh, a game in Florida, which could be a big one. They uh, are in Detroit as well. Uh, They host Carolina. Then they're in New York to take on the Rangers and Devils. That is a back-to-back. Then they are hosting Ottawa, and then their final game is in Columbus. So, um, honestly... I'm going to have a hot take here. I think there is an above 50% chance that Buffalo could make a charge. They're on the low end of that losing streak where they start to catch fire again. And this is the thing. They have a lot of noteworthy road games uh, in Philadelphia, in Florida, in Detroit, uh, in New York, in New Jersey, and in Columbus. And the reason why I say the road games is because the NHL standings show Buffalo at 21-11-3 on the road. They're 14-20-3 on home ice, which yeah. honestly shocks me. I thought yeah. they would be a better home team than a road team. But, you know, if, if they get if they continue to ride the hot hand on the road, and obviously you never know with Craig Anderson, uh, the Sabres at the very least could make a sneaky surge for that final spot. So if I had to say a dark horse to challenge for that wildcard spot, it would probably be Buffalo at this point. Um, I think, I think uh, the wild cards. Oh boy, um, I, I think they're going to get enough goaltending from Sorokin to, to to make it happen. The Islanders will. So I'm going to pencil them in as the wild card spot. Uh, uh boy um i i think i think florida's gonna well they're three points oh man <laughs> florida pittsburgh's too tough to call right now um but it, yeah you have to decide because i did florida all right i i think i think time's up on pittsburgh this is the beginning of the end all right even though it'll I think, be close, though it'll come down to the final day. Even though I think you uh, predicted Florida, I mean Pittsburgh would. Uh, I said Pittsburgh and Washington at the beginning of the year. Yeah. I feared this was the year that they would fall out, or I yeah. predicted that last year, and I I thought Pittsburgh would defy Father Time, and I think I picked them as a wild card team this yeah. year. Yeah. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I did say uh, once upon a time that uh, that. Yeah. Uh, the Death remember, Star would come for the Penguins' core. I remember, specific, I remember specifically that you had Pittsburgh. Oh, uh, speaking of Washington, that reminds me. John Carlson did make his return to the NHL despite <laughs> having a fractured insane, skull. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure he's going to get the... I think he wants that Masterton. That's probably why he did it. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, so uh, so he's back on the ice even though Washington's out of the playoffs pretty much. Yeah, and, and for yeah. those of you who want my thoughts on Ottawa, I think they're going to play at or just above 500 hockey mm-hmm. uh, for the rest of the way. I think they're going to put up valiant efforts in most of the games that they play. But with all the injuries adding up and the firepower of the teams that they're going to have to face and the stakes that are on the line for the opponents that they're facing – uh, I think it's just too much to overcome. Yep. If they lose any one of those two games that they have against Florida, game over. They're yep. done. Um, so uh, that is about it. I will let you know that Quinnipiac is up on Ohio State 2-1. to one. Uh, There's six minutes left in the game, so it's mm-hmm. still plenty of time, but we'll see. Um yeah, that uh, so that's just an update there. Um, yeah, it looks like there's other things. Oh, Vancouver and Chicago are starting now. That's fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, then, get, yeah, unless you're unless you're tanking for a seventy-one goal Connor yeah. Bedard, that that game doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then um, 
Yeah. Oh, I guess we should also talk about how Anton Kadobin, he, like, basically, he's now on the Blackhawks, but he basically gave, like, it was one of the weirdest goals I think I've ever seen. Like, he gave the puck to the other team. Um, he was out of his net. He, like, pretty much passed it to the opposing player, and they scored right there. Uh, so, so it's weird. If they're not tanking for uh, Connor Bedard, there's your proof. It's That's not... That also, if I'm not mistaken, um, I believe Cap Friendly had it. Uh, I think he was recently sent down to the minors again. Oh, was um, he? So, okay. uh, if, that's, if that's the case... Um, and this is, in fact, his final season. That could yep. be the final play of his NHL career. <laughs> just, so... just imagine that's how he goes out. And it it's reminds... not the 2020 finals run with Dallas. It reminds me that the uh, Brady's last pass as a Patriots was a was a pick. It was an interception. Yeah. It was a, Wasn't no, it in the red zone as well? Yeah, no, I was about to say not just an interception. It was a, yeah. it was picked off for a touchdown. A pick six, so, um, yeah, so it's, uh, I mean, obviously I'm comparing, I'm not comparing Brady to Kadovin, but it is funny. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, I think that's about it here on Lace Em Up. You can follow us on Twitter at Lace Up Podcast. Our Facebook is Lace Em Up. Um, you can also subscribe to us at Spotify, iTunes, um, Pocket Cast, wherever else you get your podcasts. Um, if you haven't already, of course, um, I assume you have, if you're, if you've been listening this far, um, but, uh, just in case, this is just a reminder to do so. Um, yeah, that's about it. I'm Brett Duboff. I'm Steve Ellsworth. We'll talk again in episode 359 of the Lace Em Up podcast.